Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside, for the first time in a little while, Justin Garcia from the Bucks Radio Network. We're live on the Locker Room app here today for today's episode that is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. I believe now you can get it on iOS and Android, so that's a that's a big bonus for a lot of you that don't have an iPhone. But uh, download the app. You can jump in when we do these podcasts from time to time. So if you're listening to this on your normal podcast feed, uh, you're missing out on the fun. We've got people jumping in uh, on in the chat room right now. We've got Positive Bucks asking me if we're going to get a, a Built Bar read live. So this is the type of things that you're missing out on, not jumping in Locked on Bucks on the Locker Room app. But Justin, like I said, it's been a little while since we had a chance to speak. And I've just finished watching the Washington Wizards blow it against the Atlanta Hawks, which obviously is a game that's very interesting for us as Bucks fans with potentially first-round matchup and who you could see. But the one thing that I do really want to point out here, in terms of teams that I would not want to play in the first round, I have Atlanta and Miami right up there, but perhaps not for the reason that you might think of. The reason I have Miami-Atlanta up there as the teams I don't want to play because they by far have the most annoying home PA announcers in the league. Like, it, I, I cannot handle it. It's, it's so annoying. And I, I do not want to play those teams just purely so I don't have to hear those stupid PA announcers and sounds that they play in those arenas. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, we... we- Certainly haven't had to worry about them this year, but I think in the past we would put Detroit on that list as well. <laughs> it's a fair call. There's some bad ones out there. It's just that that screeching in Atlanta. Oh, my goodness. And, and it's a good point. We have another uh, comment in the chat saying that Trey Young living at the free throw line as well. Quick game's a good game. That's always what I always say, especially when it comes to basketball. But we'll see. This is an interesting result with Washington uh, picking, uh, not being able to close out this game. So the Hawks now move into the four seed. Uh, overnight, uh, we were actually sitting there and last night's podcast and saying, okay, well, where is Miami going to fall? And by the time we finished recording, the Knicks were the team in six. So we'll see what happens. Miami have Philadelphia, and then, of course, they have Milwaukee as well. So as I've said, uh, there's going to be some interesting shenanigans down the stretch here. We'll see what goes on with the Bucks. They have the Pacers uh, tomorrow night. So that's first on the agenda there. And just a quick update, the injury report as it currently stands only has Axel Tupan on there, who's been on there for a little while there. So the Bucks still at this point, knock on wood, remaining relatively healthy, which again is the key point and the one thing you really want to take out of these games regardless of seeding. Yeah, and I'm so I'm also not entirely sure how this is working here and how the uh, ESPN's Playoff tiebreakers are, are falling into scenario here, but um, as of right now, the Heat have moved up to five. So it would be Miami and Atlanta in the first round, and the Knicks have dropped to six. So both the Heat and Knicks are thirty-eight and thirty-one. 
but the Knicks have the season series against the Heat that they went, uh, or no, actually, I believe they lost. So never mind. It, it takes back everything that I had said. The Heat, um, I don't think, I didn't, I thought maybe it was Miami, but I could have sworn Miami didn't have the tiebreaker in either of those. So I guess I answered my own question. So <laughs> I guess the good news is, hey, Miami could be five. And then you avoid both of those two teams you spoke about because. For as good of a, a story as the uh, Knicks have been this season, and I certainly have been wrong on them, that I thought they would have a pretty big slide in the second half of the season. Um, that's the team that I think you would most want to face in the playoffs here. If you're the Bucks in the first round, teams like the Knicks and even the Charlotte Hornets, I was talking about it with somebody else, that it would be a pesky series, but it's one the Bucks would win and in five games at the most. I mean, there'd be a lot of up and down play and they'd throw you in some unconventional lineups and and force you to do some things differently, but they would win that. And I think it'd be the same with the Knicks. It's those other two teams that again, I'm, I'm pretty confident the Bucks would beat the Hawks. And I I think the, the, the Trey young joke is certainly warranted, but I also question, is he going to get those same calls in the postseason? And look, I, I think the Bucks would beat the heat because both of these teams are different from where they were a season ago but you, you would just much rather avoid that if you can in the first round. Uh, Jules in the chat says Matt Moore uh, has Miami over New York with the tiebreaker, but I have to admit, yeah. and you, you were already starting to confuse me there, Justin, and, and I, <laughs> I've got my head wrapped around the Bucks tiebreakers and particularly the ones that we thought were going to be imp- impactful and still could, the Brooklyn one and Philadelphia not so much anymore, but the fact they had those tiebreakers, I'm fine with. The rest... I can't, I, I just cannot figure it out because then there's three-way ties and division leaders and there's all sorts yeah. of crazy shit that's going on. So I, I, I can't wrap my head around that. I basically look at the results, wait for the uh, the, the standings to update and, and Deepak uh, has the, okay, let me just quickly run through this. Okay, he says this is from Eric Names Twitter who I think he was quote tweeting Matt Moore as well there, but he says, Knicks have head-to-head over Hawks. Heat have head-to-head over Knicks. Hawks have head-to-head over the Heat. If the Knicks and Hawks are tied, Knicks four, Hawks five. If Knicks and Heat are tied, Heat four, Knicks five. If Knicks, Heat, and Hawks tied, Hawks fourth because they're a division winner. Heat fifth, division, yeah. head-to-head over the Knicks, New York six. Of course, everyone was able to keep up with me there and now fully understands uh, what I'm talking about. But who knows? There's still a few days left in the regular season, two to three games uh, for most of these teams there. So uh, we'll see. But I, I have a potential hot take here. Then this is something I've been thinking about. I haven't really thrown out there. So I'm just going to mention this, and the people in the chat, and you, Justin, can laugh at me if you want. But when I think about teams that, and first of all, I think there's only one team that I, I actually think could beat the Bucks in the first round. Do I think they will? No, but I think they could. I can see a scenario where it happened would be Miami. I don't think any of the other teams can beat the Bucks, but I actually would have Charlotte and Washington ahead of Atlanta and the Knicks in terms of fear factor. Or perhaps um, pe- not fear factor, pesky well, factor. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like fear in terms of, man, they could push it to six games potentially where they just win a weird one and they pick up another win at home that just the contrasting styles and how we've seen the up and down play from uh, literally from the Wizards and the ability for Bradley Beal to be able to, assuming he's healthy, for Bradley Beal to be able to score 50 on any given night in the playoffs And with Charlotte, I mean, especially the fact that they've continued to play like this, even with all the injuries that they've been dealt. And and we saw it, you know, most recently as well, where it's a team that 
they forced Brooke Lopez off the floor and they forced the Bucks to go smaller, which it could be something that maybe is pesky in the first round, but beneficial to the Bucks in the long term, where you get more reps of that before your second round series, likely with the Nets. So I want to let the listeners into a, a little production note here. Um, I had a tweet overnight that, and I get this from time to time, and actually I take pride in it because I must admit when I first started doing podcasts, and you understand this, Justin, you have to do ad reads from time to time. I was very uncomfortable doing it. I was like, this is uh, this is just a difficult thing for me to do. I, I'm not sure that I can I, I can do this with the enthusiasm that is required. But now from time to time I get these tweets from people saying, you know, you're just going to find you someone that loves uh, you the way that Kane loves Built Bar. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a Built Bar ad read here, but I also got a tweet last night saying that sometimes Frank, as we know, Frank likes to, um, he, he gets rolling and he can hit about 15 different topics. Generally, when I'm hosting, I'll try and keep it topic to topic and, and keep the show moving. Frank sometimes goes from 17 different topics and crosses everything that I think I was going to talk about during the show all in one hit. That's fine. That's why we love Frank. That's why he is the goat of podcasting, certainly Bucks podcasting. But then I throw in the ad reads and he doesn't really sit around for the ad reads. He's like, you know, I want to do my podcast. I want to talk about the bucks I want to get out. I don't want to hear you talking about uh, the sponsors of the show. So I slot them in there. So from time to time, you'll have a funny situation where the timing of the show, I've got to put an ad read in there and Frank might go and go and go. And then I just jump straight into a built bar ad read or something like that. So that's why uh, that plays out the way it is. And as I said, that's why we love Frank. But that's a good segue into talking about Rock Auto, our friends. Justin, sorry, you don't get the same treatment yeah, as Frank. You have to sit there and listen to me because you're too polite. I know you're not going to uh, hang up on me here, but rockauto.com is the family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Would you say you're a car Guy, a car expert, Justin? I, I would not say that at all. So yeah. I would I would heavily lean on the experts at Rock Auto to, to assist me. Yeah, that's a good call. Me too, particularly having spent a couple of winters in Milwaukee. And uh, uh, let's just say I was, I was thankful I didn't have a car. I don't think I would be able to drive without needing Rock Auto literally daily for me crashing into everything, slipping on the roads, just a, a complete rookie in the snow. But anyway, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. In there, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's talk about Drew Holiday, Justin. Before I do, Justin, just to wrap up our last chat uh, before we got going here, is uh, Justin says, not with Gordon Haywood out for Charlotte for me. Scary Terry isn't as scary without blood. So I think, first of all, that's a very good point that you make there. I, I think, honestly, I, I just look at the Knicks and we've spoke about this, but I think in terms of star power, Julius Randle obviously has been out of this world this year, but who's the second guy? I don't know. RJ Barrett, Derek Rose has been pretty good, but they, they don't seem to have the scoring firepower that I think you're going to need in the postseason and the Hawks, I don't think defensively have any answers for Giannis. So I think that's why I feel better there. And Charlotte, I just think they've got a bunch of athletes and, and they can they can trouble Milwaukee athletically, I think. And again, I don't think that they're going to the Bucks would lose to Charlotte, but I'm just talking about the annoying factor or the pesky factor. But it's certainly a good point. Gordon Hayward was playing terrific basketball before he again got injured. Obviously he's been pretty unlucky. But let's talk about Drew Holiday. We don't hear too much from Drew Holiday. I think he's been one of the more fascinating players 
for us to get the chance to ask questions to and, and speak to because he's generally pretty upfront, he's pretty direct, he's pretty honest, and some of the answers he's given are just kind of refreshing to be quite um, truthful. And he had an interview with Chris Haynes over at Yahoo Sports. So if you haven't seen this, um, definitely look it up. It's definitely worth a read. And I just want to read a couple of quotes from Drew Holiday from this story and then see how you sort of feel about this, Justin. He says, uh, man, I feel like I'm the defensive player of the year every year. I'm not joking about that. And I know this is my opinion and other people have different opinions and they'll probably think I'm crazy. But I think what I bring defensively on the court, a lot of people... Uh, really don't do to be completely honest i feel like i should be in the conversation every year i'm being serious this isn't the first year i've been playing defense uh, defense this year now he was all defensive first team in 2018 all defensive second team in 2019 and i, I do think that he's going to be an all defensive guard this year whether it's first or second team i'm not 100 percent sure um i have asked the question of a few people that i i'm friends with that actually do get a vote and I probably out of the five or six people I've spoken to I don't or I haven't spoken to one of them that doesn't have him in an all defensive team so I I think that he's going to get that recognition I think that recognition is absolutely deserved I think Giannis will probably be an all defensive player as well but where do you lie on the Drew Holiday should be a contender for defensive player of the year conversation um he should. And, and uh, first of all, I was most surprised with how candid he was because yeah. we typically don't, I wouldn't say see that side, but we don't see Drew Holiday promoting himself that much that, you know, you think about the guys that he's taken up for this year, that it's been a lot for Dante and for the usual suspects with the Bucks, and he's just kind of blended in. And so to see him say, yeah, I think I should be considered uh, was very surprising to me, but he has a, he has a pretty good case. And I think ultimately the biggest thing that's going to hold him back. And it's, I think he was starting to get to the point as well, especially where at one point in the uh, interview, he was talking about just matching up. If you had five guys that were out there solely for defense that you were going to play basically the entire game, it would it would be me. Uh, it would be Draymond Green. I would definitely be one of those five guys. And you know, as he pointed to, I can't remember the last time it was a guy under six foot four that won the award. Um, I mean, it's certainly an argument or a debate worth having of do we value wing players as much for the award as we should? Because when you think about it, as the changes that we've seen the last really the last few years even more so, but gradually over the course of a decade now where this for the longest time was you would think of who is the most dominant big man and and who led the NBA in blocks. That's clearly the the defensive player of the year. And how the game has evolved to just more of a perimeter-based game, it is surprising when you take a step back and think, well, why aren't any guards, right? Why aren't any perimeter guys winning this award then that, you know, you can talk of Ben Simmons this year, but that and Kawhi Leonard are really the only names that come to mind in recent memory. So he's got a good case there. He's not going to win it and he's not going to be in the conversation for it. And I think ultimately the biggest drawback for him is while the Bucks defense has improved through the year, they're still what eighth or ninth in defensive rating. And it's a massive fallback from where they were a season ago that that's ultimately what's going to hold him back. That if the Bucks were not even winning the Eastern conference, but if that defense was still the number one rated defense in the league and it was better than it was a season ago, then he would be firmly in that conversation where you'd have your team. That's Rudy Gobert. 
You would talk about Ben Simmons a little bit, but then Drew Holiday would be right up there for all the same things we're saying about Ben Simmons. And it just feels like he's going to start to get more and more of that attention probably when it's too late, that it's going to start to build up more in his time with the Bucks here. And if they can continue to play at this level over the next few years and uh, the defense stays in the top five, and we see it more on a regular basis in some of those bigger games where it's Drew Holiday defending you know, Kevin Durant's and uh, Anthony Davis's for stretch and just showing off the versatility that he has, then he's going to start to get mentioned more and more. But I just think, unfortunately for Drew Holiday, a lot of the work that he has done has gone unnoticed, which we spent a lot of time talking about before the season. And he's unfortunately getting to that point where he's reaching the age where we're just going to start to look for other guys of, you know, Matisse Thibault is going to be in that mix where he's doing the same things that Drew Holiday is doing. But yeah, unfortunately you did this when you were with the Pelicans and nobody really watched you. Yeah. Nick Levens jumped in the chat and says, how do you think Drew's resume on D this year compares to Bledsoe's all NBA defense resumes from the last two seasons? I I think, and there's a couple of stats here that have come from this Yahoo Sports story again, so give them credit for this, uh, for me not having to look these up. But he's been assigned to 584 defensive matchups against the top 10 scorers in the league, so that's the most of any player across the NBA. He's first in loose balls recovered per game, 1.3, third in steals at 1.7, sixth in deflections at 3.3, and one of only five players with 90 or more steals and 30 or more blocks. You've got Nikola Jokic, Robert Covington, Danny Green, and then uh, Matisse Thibel, who you already mentioned, shout out to Australia, uh, probably going to be an Olympic gold medalist later this year. So he's in pretty good company there just from the raw numbers. But I, I would argue that Drew Holiday, to me, in terms of being able to fully appreciate him, I didn't appreciate him as much as I probably should have playing in New Orleans. I, I can admit that. And watching him night to night, it's not... The steal, and we've seen some big possessions where he has literally locked guys up and just snatched the ball out of their hands. Like, we've seen that, and that's obviously impressive, and that's obviously something that's recorded on the box score. But there's also so many possessions where the Philadelphia game is one that stands out to me where he just does things that he shouldn't be able to do, and I don't think anyone else in the league can do, where it's a clear mismatch still where he gets switched onto Joel Embiid. But two times in that game... Joel Embiid had him in the post and was like, all right, here we go. This is an easy scoring opportunity. He had to pass the ball out because he literally couldn't move Drew Holiday. And that's just insane to think about. So I do agree with Drew in general when he says that he does things that guys can't do. And a lot of it goes under the radar. And that's why it's not noticed. But you have to watch night to night to fully appreciate this guy. And I think your general point around the Bucks, this is this is a problem. Not only does he already have the reigning defensive player of the year on his team, which is going to hurt his case, but also, as you said, the Bucks defense has gone from number one in the league two years in a row to number eight this year. Now, if you're a casual and you're out there and you're looking at those numbers, you're like, well, okay, well, how could you possibly have two def- all defensive players this season when your defense has gone from num- number one to number eight. Now, we understand when we're watching the team, we watch them night in, night out. We understand why that's the case. We've seen the evolution of the defense. We've seen the changes that they've made, plus the changes in personnel. And and I can't speak for everyone, but I believe that they've made themselves more prepared for the postseason. Now, I think they've done the right thing, but that was always going to come with a hit. And I just think that that for the the wider media who has these votes, 
they're not going to consider Drew when you look at those numbers because they're too easy to dismiss. So uh, Deepak in the chat says, too late to campaign for Defensive Player of the Year for Drew considering Ben Simmons started campaigning in the first week of the season. So I, I will say this, generally... Generally, I am anti-campaigning for yourself to win any awards. Ben Simmons, I didn't like that. I also don't like any type of player that feels like they should be entitled to something. So Trey Young is the big one for me in his second year in the league when he started saying, well, get me some help. And it's like, dude, you're in your second year in the league. Okay, just chill out. This is what happens. You get drafted to a shitty team because you're a top draft pick, so relax. So that's that's the way I've always felt about that. That's a part of the reason why I don't like Trey Young. But I generally agree that campaigning for yourself is frowned upon. But in this case with Drew Holiday, I think that he has got a point. And, and to be this deep into his career, I think a big part of the reason why he hasn't been recognized is that he just hasn't played on good teams. So before I throw it back to you, Jeff jumped in the chat and said Zach Lowe had some interesting numbers on opponent shooting percentage against Drew as a primary defender, had him penciled in for second team but was hesitant to lock him in does feel like Drew gives up some open looks on threes at times. Uh, your response to that, Justin? Um, I mean, I think what we're seeing from uh, from Drew, like, look, I, I, I've certainly taken my share of heat from, uh, from others that I'm being uh, too much of towing the team line here and not being critical enough. But for me, this whole experience of this season is – I don't really know what we should be taking away, if anything, from the regular season. And and that that is certainly valid to point out that we've seen it. And it's not just Drew, it's everyone that especially that bubble that popped up just a couple of games ago where the Bucks are seemingly again giving up some of these performances where it's it's two games against the Rockets where they hit twenty five threes. And you can point to, hey, it's not our night and it's just the night of that team and they shot sixty percent. Which are, are valid points, but it's it's when it starts to occur in a, a number of times that you have to say, well, was it their night because you allowed it to happen? So for all of those we can point to, there's there's far more positives that you can point to. And I mean, I guess I'm just choosing to be an optimist and look at it as, it's, as it is glass half full that I think we've only really scratched the surface with Drew Holiday and seeing him in those big moments that I remember watching that series between the Pelicans and the Blazers, what, three years ago, where they took them down, they being the Pelicans as the six seed. And uh, that was the first time I was really exposed to Drew Holiday that much, where you know you just saw him in passing depending on if the Pelicans were on a national game and you, you saw him there for an extended stretch and thought, holy cow, this guy is actually really, really good. And I, I guess I just choose to view it as I've seen enough from him, especially in those big moments that I feel like this whole campaign, other than these last few weeks has been where it's really shifted to where we're not really seeing off days and um, nights where you just rest guys. It, it feels like up until the last two weeks, this whole campaign has just been, let's you know go about 75%-ish. Let's continue to work on some of these things. Let's show just enough, but let's keep some things tucked away and let's keep that extra gear intact for the playoffs. So I want to keep talking about Drew in relation to that playoff situation and his playoff experience in just a little bit here. But while we're talking about odds, Rudy Gobert is the favorite 
for Defensive Player of the Year. Ben Simmons is right up there as well. Uh, but you can check it all out on betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. I'm pretty sure last time I checked, the A's were beating the Red Sox. Uh, suck at Boston. That's all I have to say about that. But before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, use the promo code Locked On for that one. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Right, let's keep talking about Drew Holiday here in relation to his playoff experience because I do think that this is going to be a in many ways, a career-defining couple of months. So we hope it's a couple of months for Drew Holiday here uh, based on what he produces. I just want to quickly say in the chat, uh, Tyler said, I guess we'll let the guys from Down Under get an award this year, which, by the way, the award that any Australian is winning this year is Joe Angle's Sixth Man of the Year. But then Deepak said Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year for sure this year, right? Come on, man. Joe Ingles is about to break the all-time record for true shooting percentage, and he shoots threes. He's been ridiculous. He actually passes the ball. Jordan Clarkson doesn't know how to pass the ball. I think he had 41 points and zero assists the other night, and I was very offended by Worldwide Wob on Twitter saying, uh, tying Brandon Jennings into that. I did a search on Stathead after that. Brandon Jennings always was a pretty good assist man. Yeah, he could let it fly a little bit and he would like to get his own shot. But don't be tying Brandon Jennings into Jordan Clarkson like that. He wasn't a selfish player. So the disrespect for Brandon Jennings is not going to happen uh, around here. Uh, Jordan, another comment in the chat says, Jordan Holiday's step back continues to be an incredible weapon. That's been one of the remarkable things from him this year. I didn't know that he had that step back game. But as far as playoff exposure goes, the reality is Drew Holiday doesn't really have it. I mean, he's been in the league for a decade and he's only played 30 playoff games. He played those nine games back in 2018. Everyone knows about it. Everyone talks about it. And at some at some point you think to yourself, geez, they, they really talk about that one series a lot. But the reason they have to is because that's all they've got to talk about. Yeah. Prior to those two rounds that he had with the Pelicans where they ended up getting beaten by the Warriors, he'd only played three playoff games dating all the way back to 2012. So he just doesn't have this experience. So I don't want to pour cold water on the Drew Holiday experience this year because it's been incredibly enjoyable. But, you know, we we don't really know how he's going to perform in the postseason. The one thing that I'll say, and I've been saying this all season long, the good thing for him is that the bar is incredibly low. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, I don't have these numbers. I used to have these numbers etched into my brain, but I think it was something along the lines of in the series against Toronto and the series against uh, Miami where the Bucks lost, I think Bledsoe averaged something like 11 points on 28, 18, and 60 shooting or something like that. So let's be honest. Uh, the bar is very low for Drew Holiday to have an impact on this team. And if he plays anywhere near the level that he has played, through the regular season, and this team has a real shot. I'm going to stick with that. I've stuck with that all season long. Since the All-Star break, Drew Holiday has played 31 games. He's averaging 20 points, 5 rebounds, 6.5 assists, and he's doing that on 51, 42, and 80 shooting. So he's been absolutely remarkable. We spent a lot of time talking about his defense, but I still do think that you're going to need him to be a huge factor on the offensive end, and that's where the Bucks are going to reach their ceiling by him scoring and being a legitimate third option and being a guy that you can trust to get a shot 
and and run the offense in the fourth quarter because that's where they've really fallen apart in years gone by. And to, to again tie it back to the defense and that comment we had earlier about the the shooting percentages against him. This is why I think Holiday's inclusion is going to matter offensively, arguably as much as defensively, if not more, because we saw Drew Holiday have fantastic defensive performances against Damian Lillard. Lillard still got 30-plus points. And if Drew Holiday is guarding Kevin Durant or James Harden, those guys are probably still going to get 30 points no matter what. So you're going to need to be able to score. The Bucks completely collapsed in the postseason in years gone by because they didn't have that third guy. That's why the pressure is going to be on Drew Holiday. And to this point, over the course of his career, it's an unknown quantity. So I have, I have lots of faith. I have plenty of faith in him that he's going to get the job done. But we still need to see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I, I... As I had just said before, I, I feel extremely confident, especially with him on both ends of the floor, um, you know, more so this year with the changes they put in place because um, Eric Bledsoe was certainly deserving, deserving when he was an all-NBA defensive player, and he should have been in that conversation earlier than he was. But you could only play one way with him. And, you know, as we've seen this team start to tinker more and more and display some of that versatility. And again, those those small ball lineups that you can use uh, with players like P.J. Tucker, you, you couldn't really do that with Eric Bled so that he was just the point guard. That's all he can take. So that's going to help them out quite a bit on the defensive end, because as much as we point to the offense with the letdowns that they certainly have had the last two years in the playoffs, you know, the the first time we got to speak with Coach Budenholzer and the team in this offseason and immediately after that playoff series to the Heat as well, the one thing they continued to point out was their defense and that our defense really let us down and our half-court offense wasn't great. We missed a lot of open shots, but still, if our defense would have played to the level that it did all year and we we're capable of playing, that would have changed things. So I don't really see those issues with Drew Holiday just because of how you can throw him out there in a number of different spots. And with this team switching more, he can certainly do that for you. Um, and then offensively, I mean, as, as we just talked about with the half-court stuff, you know, y- you think about how different this team was a year ago on the offensive end, where this isn't me trying to uh, throw some strays at Eric Bledsoe and Wesley Matthews. But think about that for a minute, that that was your starting backcourt in a playoff series and in that heat series too, in a playoffs, I should say in that heat series, you had to lean heavily on Wesley Matthews. Once you started to see the attrition that took place and Giannis was out. So it's a big change to go from that, to have drew holiday, to have Dante having to play that role of X factor ultimately. And you know, it's just the half court to me that uh, you talked about drew holiday's ability to score near the basket the step back and that, his strength and how we've seen him bully guys larger than him all the way down to the to the post and score at the rim, that's what surprised me most about him. Because I think we talked about on the on the infamous day now where we thought the Bucks had the best offseason ever. Um, when we did our initial reactions, I was wrongly most excited for Bogdanovich, that I I was solely focused on him from, again, just seeing Drew Holiday really in passing and hearing all these players say, well, he's the most underrated player in the league. And you think, okay, sure. So he's a 
good, and he's probably an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe, but I think it remains to be seen how much. But this Bogdanovich guy, he solves all the offensive stuff. And as the season's gone on, you've started to see, yeah, you know what? Everything that those guys, that Kevin Durant and um, Steph Curry and, and Damian Lillard and J.J. Redick and everyone that everything they've said about how good he is, yeah, now I guess I know what they mean. And I solely, sorely underrated Drew Holiday myself until you got to see him up close here throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, you just think about the storyline of this team and – I get it. I get why no one has any faith in the Bucks in the postseason because, you know, realistically, they probably shouldn't. I mean, there's no reason for them to to have faith in the Bucks based on what we've seen in the last two years, and I think a lot of Bucks fans are feeling the same way heading in. But if they are to make a run this postseason, then you, I have to imagine that Drew Holiday has had a pretty huge postseason. And just think about what that would do, not only for the Bucks, but for his career. And that's why I labeled this podcast Drew Holiday's Defining Postseason because I really think it is. If he has a poor postseason, then he's also going to be dismissed with the rest of the Bucks. If he stands up and he becomes a star player on the big stage again, then all of a sudden it's not just one playoff series where he played really well. Then he is, he has been the missing link in this Bucks team that has been dominant over the previous few seasons and now gets into a, a playoff run where he can carry them to a place where they haven't been before. So, uh, I look, all the pressure is on Giannis, all the pressure is on Bud. There's no doubt about that and the guys that have been around. But, uh, you know, there's a reason why everyone looked at Drew Holiday as the season started, as the season has wore on and in these big games as the missing link. I've said it a number of times, but I remember the first time we spoke to him and he said that he wanted that pressure. He wanted the pressure of being the missing link. And he said, if you can't handle the pressure, you shouldn't be in this business. Well, it's about to get pretty serious. It's about to get serious for the Bucks. It's about to get serious for Drew Holiday as well. And just one final point. I don't buy the coach speak uh, saying that the defense was the problem in the postseason, by the way. Sure, it wasn't ideal. But if you hit below 30% on your wide open threes, if Giannis hits 50% from the free throw line, you know, at some point, hit some threes, hit some free throws, and you can change the course of a series. And that's where the pressure and the mental side of the postseason uh, can really get to you. And we've seen, uh, you know, quite honestly, the Bucks haven't been able to handle that over the last couple of seasons in big moments. But uh, we're getting pretty close. Well, and I, I remember hearing that the first few times and uh, looking around the Zoom call to think, is any is anybody else? not so sure about this that uh, yeah I get it that you're you like to pride yourself in the defense and it wasn't great that you gave up as many open looks as you did from three but uh your offense was a big problem and and again I, Drew Holiday helps you there I'm going to continue to point out that you can make a very strong case their best postseason player in each of the last two years has been Brooke Lopez and we've seen Brooke Lopez play um much improved now. Not that, again, we had this discussion, but not that he was bad, but Brooke Lopez's play has gone up another level since the All-Star break as well. He's being used more. He's scoring more. His shooting percentages have gone up. And he was a guy, when you think back to the Raptors series, especially in game six, he had some big moments and you just couldn't find anybody else around him. And against the Heat, he had some big games in that series too. So to be able to score from all across the floor and not just say, well, hopefully there's not a team that can build a wall to prevent Giannis from getting to the rim, and hopefully we're hitting our shots, that that's the biggest difference with this offense this year, that you have a guy in Drew Holiday that's right up there on the level of Chris Middleton and maybe even beyond Chris Middleton with his shot creating 
and making ability and, and just, again, just his ability to score inside the free throw line because that's yeah. where it's most important to score when you get in the playoffs, and Drew Holiday can certainly do that. No, I 100% agree. I'm just looking at this game tomorrow. Bucks and Pacers, 6 p.m., so it's an early tip. This is better than the 8 p.m. tip uh, that we had a couple of nights ago. Yeah, uh, tell me about so, it. Yeah, all right, exactly. So they're at Banker's Life Fieldhouse, which, by the way, one of my favorite basketball arenas to go and watch. Uh, I've said that a couple of times and got some pushback, but it's a basketball arena. You don't see that too often around the NBA uh, these days. So uh, it's always a fun place for me to go and visit when I don't nearly die on the road heading out to Indianapolis. But we'll wrap it up here, Justin. And, you know, it's it's starting to get pretty exciting. i, I got to be honest, with the postseason right around the corner, someone tweeted at me yesterday or commented saying that this has been the longest shortened season of all time. And it's quite crazy to think about that, the fact that this is actually a shortened regular season. But... There's so much build-up. There's so much anxiety around the postseason that we've all been waiting for it. We've all been waiting for it. We wanted to see the changes. We wanted to see what can occur in the postseason. We've got the whole week next week to go through it. I've already said Zora is going to be on the show. I'm working on a couple of other people. So we're going to have the whole week uh, to build up to the game one of the first round series. But first, Bucks and Pacers tomorrow. We know this could be, again, a meaningful game for Milwaukee potentially in a standing. So they all mean something at the moment. It looks like all the Bucks players are going to be available. Justin, I'm sure we'll be catching up at some point after or in the next couple of days. It uh, it sounds like a plan, and I, I am just very eager. I think we've all felt this way for these these final three games to just be over with so you know who you're playing and you can look ahead. Because, look, we've I think we've certainly seen that from not just the Bucks, but a lot of teams as well of, these teams are ready for the playoffs. So just stay healthy and let's get these games over with. All right. Shout out to everyone that was in the chat room today with us live. You guys are still way too shy. At some point, you guys are, you guys are going to come on. You're going to start asking some questions, but it's always a lot of fun having you guys with us along for the show. We're doing these once a week, so we'll definitely have a big one. Uh, leading up to that first round playoff series next week where all you guys can jump in and, and join the show. And like I said, it's on Apple, it's on uh, oh, iOS, it's also on Android now as well. So if you're listening to this, download the Locker Room app and join us uh, and have some fun next week when we do this again. But for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. Bucks and Pacers tomorrow, we'll have a post-game show after that one. Stay safe, we'll speak to you guys then.